bring it home with Sarah and Tamil. Sarah? Hey, friend. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about dads, aren't we? Well, I guess Father's Day is coming yes. up this weekend. So we are really looking forward to honoring all the uh -huh. wonderful dads out there. All the men that are important to us. You yes. know, men are important. You know, I like to start with statistics and things like that. Uh -huh. But um, the National Fatherhood Initiative says that involved fathers reduce the risk of so many things, just some of them, emotional problems, behavioral problems, teen pregnancy, criminal activity, substance abuse, suicide, oh. the list goes on and on. Yeah. So dads are important. They are. They matter. Well, our two dads personally are very important to us. I mean, we wouldn't be who we are oh, yeah. <laughs> if our dads had been someone different. Yes. So, yes. And moms who have an involved dad, and this is probably going to come as no surprise, they have healthier births, but also lower parenting stress. Okay. <laughs> and higher <laughs> marital satisfaction when you're actually married to the father. Okay. Well, those are positive things here. They are positive. <laughs> so we wanted to bring a positive dad into the conversation. <laughs> and this is Justin Thomas. Now, Justin, he's the Family and Consumer Sciences Regional Program Leader over in the Eastern region of Tennessee. And before we even bring him into the conversation, Sarah, yes. I think our listeners need to know there would be no Sarah and Tennille <laughs> if there wasn't a Justin. Because... I went to a session long time ago about his podcast right, I remember. and I came back inspired and I'm like, I've got to find a way to do this. I'm never going to be as good yes. as Justin, but we got to give this a try. <laughs> so Justin, welcome to the conversation. Welcome to bringing it home. Hey, Sarah and Tanil, it's good to be with you all. I didn't need all the flattery there, but I sure do appreciate it. You so. are the inspiration behind this <laughs> podcast. So we're glad you could join us today because um, you are a dad, you are a father. So we're ready to be celebrated this weekend. And so yes. we're just going to kind of talk a little bit because, you know, parents don't parent the same necessarily. You know, fathers bring in balance uh, into the home <laughs> because we don't have the same personalities, the mother and the father. Right. We don't necessarily have the same views on world events and uh, having two parents around can kind of give a child a more well-rounded yeah, that's a good way Persona, to put it. so to speak. <laughs> so how does balance look like in your house, Sarah? What, what does balance look like? Oh, well, what you just said really defines us because Josh and I have a lot of different opinions about things, but we have a lot of the same values and morals and a lot of things that are important to me are also important to him and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And also we learn from each other's differences. And we see that in our kids too. There's one child that's a lot like him personality-wise and one that's a lot like me personality-wise. So we, it's, it helps us parenting them a lot better. Okay. So Justin, as a father, <laughs> what do you have balance in your house? Do you and your wife kind of balance each other out? I don't know that balance is a, is a word that we know too well because we do so <laughs> much, but uh, you know, we do have balance. We have three kids, uh, a daughter who's nine, my son is five, and my other son just turned two. I call them the goon squad because, I mean, you know, with those three like that, that that's what they are. It's all over the place. Oh, it's that's different. a range. Oh, it's 88 and out the gate from, you know, 6 a.m. until bedtime. Mm. And so it's it's one of those, like, you just kind of hold on and go. <laughs> we, we do balance each other well. You know, it's one of those things, you know, each parent has their own specific style. They have all these things they bring from their past, from their households. Um, and, and it's one of those things where, you know, I came from a home where my biological father had left 
And, you know, I had a stepdad who stepped in when I was in second grade and was there and raised us and, and was part of, the, you know, we had a nuclear family there and there wasn't a shared custody type of situation. And so it, it was, that was the family. He's dad. Yeah. He's the one I call dad. He's the one I call on Father's Day. He's the one I call when the car breaks down. You know, all, all the things you call dad for. Uh, when you're mad at the dishwasher because you can't get it to work, you call dad. Uh, so I had that. And then, you know, her, her parents have been married uh, almost 40 years now. Um, and her grandparents before that had been married uh, 70 years before they passed oh away. Oh, yes. oh, 70 yeah. years. That's amazing. Sarah, can we make it? I'm going to try. <laughs> we'll do our best. Okay. <laughs> I would so, like to. And so, you know, we, we had the benefit, you know, of seeing some really, really strong marriages and, you know, getting to know her grandparents. It really taught us a lot, a lot of different things. You know, you're talking about several generations there. So a lot of different views on how life and the house is supposed to be. But with balance, we, we really try to work to to kind of meet each other because, you know, she does things. I'm the one that cooks in the house. You know, if, if we're home cooking, it's me, because if she's cooking, we're going to have barbecue chicken, mashed potatoes and macaroni. <laughs> and other than that you know that, that's that's pretty much it so uh, we balance each other well you know our styles are very very different but uh it's one where we can kind of tag we almost tag team you know we know oh, when yes. to tag out yes yes i agree partnership so you know you brought up a point you know that y'all and you know Tennille I know Tennille's family background and mine are, are similar we have a lot of longevity in in marriages but not every family you know looks like that right um so we want to think about that as we as we move forward in this too that there's mm -hmm. a lot of different family makeup out right. there yeah. you know um so the next thing to kind of for us to talk about, we often say we feel, and I'm air quoting here for mm -hmm. all of y'all. Nobody can see her. <laughs> no. <laughs> we feel safer, maybe, air quote, with a man in the house. But with kids that, you know, safety goes beyond just being able to sleep at night. You know, um, a dad usually means more income. And when we think about financial safety, um, how does that relate to physical safety? Mm, the link between financial right. safety and physical safety. Justin, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think I think there's some truth in that. You know, I think, you know, when when you're financially stable, you don't have to worry about things day to day. Um, and, you know, in, in our day and age, you know, many times the households are have two two working parents, you know, right. uh, there there is somewhat of a movement back towards. Um, you know, one one parent working in the house, it seems. But the reality of it is in our economy, it, it most most of them are two two parent working households. So and we, we need a third parent if these groceries and this gas. We're preaching now. But, you know, I, I think it does, you know, because then you can actually focus on you know, growing and learning and you're not worried about where the next check's coming from or when the next bill's getting paid and you know it's there. And I think of a story every time I'm going, you know, I'll know as a program leader, you, you travel a lot more than you do as an agent. Mm -hmm. And uh, my kids, at least one of them, every time I'm gone overnight, whether it's a night or several nights, one of them will wake up in the middle of the night and throw up. I, I kid oh, not. Not I what I was expecting. No. I know. I, it's one of those weird things. And so my wife now, she's like, great, you're leaving. She said, at least one of them is guaranteed to do that. And I told, <laughs> I told mom, my mom that one time, I said, Hey, go easy on Megan this morning. If she's ill, when she drops the kids off, I said, you know, 
it's been a little crazy at the house last night. And mom said, well, that's because dad provides security when he's there. And when he's there, they know. Yeah, they're nervous. Right. They're nervous. Yeah. I, said, well, I haven't thought it like that, but maybe we need to talk about what security looks like because they don't need to be doing that every time I leave. No. Yeah. Like a change does not need to spark uh, yeah. that response. Yeah. But there's but a whole true. different atmosphere in the house. You know, we're used to that dad yeah. being there and dad's not there. We feel a, a hole that's, yes. that's there that's not being covered. So Justin, for boys, a father is an important role model in mm-hmm. aspects of maleness. Uh, that we don't necessarily see play out in the media or in movies or, you know, these types of things. So what are some things that can be learned from a father as far as a boy that he might not pick up from other sources? Well, I think you got to show them, you know, you you can't tell them to be a man. You've got to show them what it's like to be a man. You got to show them what responsibility is around the house you know, everybody does it a little bit different. You know, my parents always had an inside outside deal. Dad took care of everything outside. Mom took care of everything <laughs> inside. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not quite like that in our house. We, we kind of ebb and flow because we're both working. And so, you know, one day I may grab the dishes as much as I hate the dishes with a passion. And then, you know, the next time my wife might, but I think the biggest thing for me is, is less about what is happening in the house chore wise or outside the house chore wise Uh, but helping them understand how to love people inside the household, like how we treat each other in the house ought to be how we treat people outside the house, whether they're family or not. And so, you know, all those other things, we can learn to mow the yard. We can learn to wash dishes. We can learn to balance a checkbook, but we can't learn how to treat people unless we see it mirrored. And so I think a lot of the rest of that comes along because you treat each other in a specific way. um, And then you can actually teach somebody something when they know you care about how they're doing and their well-being, and so I think really we got to show you know I, I think one of the big mistakes of my parents' generation was they didn't show any sign of emotional anything. Like my dad, I don't know if he's ever cried a tear in his life. Yeah, <laughs> and so you know it's okay sometimes. You know there's there's times when we need to be able to cry, and there's times we need to be able to laugh, and times where we're going to be sad, and times where we're going to grieve, and times where it's just going to be mundane and nobody likes it. That's really what my five-year-old, that's what he can't stand right now. If it's mundane and there's not something happening, he hates it. And I'm like, (laughs) go get an imagination. I love it that you mentioned the emotions because, you know, so many times and in so many settings, you know, you see fathers that don't allow their boys to cry or be disappointed or sad or all of these things. And I hear you saying that a dad has to kind of validify, is that a word? Validate. There we go. Validate uh, those emotions in boys. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, you know, there's many times I have to catch myself, my, my dad inside of me, I want to tell my son, stop crying. And then I remember, I'm like, no, no, let, let's, cry, talk about, let let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about why we're crying before we say stop crying. Oh, um, yeah. So, because some of that is, you know, some of it, you do need to stop crying because live stuff and you got to kind of suck it up, but other stuff, it's like, all right, Hey, let's, let's hug it out, get this out, take a breath and move on. Yeah, that's so true. Yes, yes. So we've talked about the boys. Okay, mm-hmm. so girls, how can it involve? I can't speak. An involved father can really affect a lot of things for girls. You know. Yeah. Um, what can a girl specifically learn from her dad? 
<laughs> oh boy. Listen, let me give you one caveat here. My nine-year-old is in a training bra already, and I am stressed out to the mouth. <laughs> Uh, it has well, well, I guess she ain't gonna learn to manage that from you. <laughs> no, there are some things though that she can pick up. There, there are indeed, and, yeah. and I think it's one of those things for for me is I want her to know how loved she is. I want her to realize how how beautiful she is, and I want her to realize you know how a man should treat a woman. Yeah. And so you know, <clears throat> my kids that grosses them out, but they will. I make sure that they see me kiss their mama at least once a day, and they say. Ooh, Oh, yeah, they do. And they'll, they'll come get between us and push yeah. us. But I want them to know that beyond anything that I love their mother with all my heart. And for her, you know, I think for her uh, subconsciously, she's going to recognize, hey, I know how dad treated mom and he yeah. treated her like a queen. And so yeah. that's what I'm looking for. And so I think it, it's all in demonstrating how we how we treat each other. And so the other thing on that is really being patient, because, I mean, the older she gets, oh, Lord. You know, you know, you yes. just got to figure, figure it out. And so it's one of those things we don't really have a playbook here. So, no, so I'm learning. That would be helpful. That would be really helpful. <laughs> Parenting 101. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a few of those out there, but it doesn't cover everything. No, no. <laughs> it doesn't cover everything. <laughs> so let's talk about a man playing with his child. You know, <laughs> when moms play with the kids, especially smaller children, <laughs> it looks kind of different than when dad plays with the kids you know mom is kind of gentle most of the time and sometimes dad it gets kind of rough rough and, and tumble and tumble and physical um the play is even different with oh, a dad oh yeah my two-year-old when I go to change his diaper which I'm hoping we get out of that sooner rather than later you know, <laughs> I, I body slam him on the bed intentionally I'm like here we go one two three and I mean he laughs the entire time <laughs> And then I tickle him and it's like, maybe I need to stop doing this. He likes it too much. But, you know, I think it's one of those things. Kids are going to punch, kick and bite and all those different things. But the reality of it is, is we've got to teach them in kind of a safe spot what this looks like and, and how to fight and how to how to punch and, and all those things. Did I lose you there for a second, Neil? Did you catch me? No, I got you. I okay. got you. So uh, the reality of it is, is, you know, we'll get on the trampoline and we'll wrestle and we'll play popcorn and, and they'll pop me, you know, just as hard as they can, which is not very hard. And then I'll turn around and pop them over the top of the net, um, which a whole nother podcast is, is why do trampolines have nets? That didn't happen when we were kids. You just fell through the spring. <laughs> you so yeah. called it. You went in and got an ice. There's a reason why trampolines have nets. Yeah. That is but, a whole other podcast. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like that title. Yeah. So, I mean, it just is, it is, I mean, you know, kids, kids are going to be physical. So, I mean, it's, it's almost an outlet when dad plays with them to, yeah. to let some of that out because they've got to get that out. I mean, or they're never going to go to bed. Very true. Very true. So let's talk about their behavior. Okay. So children's behavior tends to be better at school and at home when there is an involved father. I mean, there's a lot of research backing this up. Um, it all research also tells us that mothers will often adjust the discipline to the child's state of mind, but dads tend to be more consistent and stable with their discipline. What does this look like for you? Okay, Sarah, I, I'm going to put you on the spot <laughs> oh, here. I, I'm going to put you on the spot. So they're saying dad's more consistent with his discipline and mom may start out, you know, hard. And then if the child's emotional reaction and mom was like, well, yeah. you know, um, maybe not. 
I'm probably guilty <laughs> of it, but also, you know, um, I do feel like I'm strict at strict when necessary, mm-hmm. but I'm always going to wrap that with some affection or whatever, you know, love that kind of tender yeah. kind the, the, but, the mom thing the yes. traditional mom thing but my kids also know like is dad gonna find out or you know <laughs> they, they know the dad they know the consistency there yeah i mean justin are you is that oh, your yeah. house oh yeah right now you know with, with the nine-year-old homework is the big deal where we end up um she is a, in a, a Montessori school that our church does. And so it's, it's a little bit different. It's kind of like a homeschool cooperative. And so they do give them a little bit more responsibility in that setting. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can think of about three different times this year where she let it slide that she didn't have homework, but she had homework. Yeah. And the last, and the last round I come in and she was like, moping eating dinner and I said what in the world is going on Megan said she hasn't done her homework and she's got a book due in three days she said and we've taken care of it already and I just looked and Piper didn't have to say a word she said dad I know I'm, I'm going right now after I eat supper and she said <laughs> and after I get out of my bath I'm gonna I'm gonna read and I, when I get up in the morning I'm gonna, I said yeah you are you're gonna read every second of your life <laughs> <laughs> They don't really grow out of that because you know Charleston is yeah, 20. You have an older child. Yeah. Yes. And you know, he would ask me 17, 18 years old, dad doesn't have to know about this, does he? You're not gonna tell daddy, are you? And I mean, he would <laughs> say the same thing now, right? Uh, because he still lives in our house. Yeah. So he still doesn't <laughs> want dad to find out. Oh, yeah. See, I, I remember, you know, it was one of those. I threw a fit on my mom in sixth grade. Y'all, I mean, y'all know that where this is going, if I remember it still. Uh, I threw a fit on my mom for this shirt I did not want to wear on picture day. And I mean, I threw a fit. Well, I got home and I got a fit outside with, with my dad. <laughs> and, and I was fit to be tied and he probably was too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and, th- I uh, think we've all probably had an instance like that in our childhood. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And- so, you know, it's one of those things, and I've got to bring it up. I mean, y'all, y'all know me, but your listeners may not know too terribly much. But you know, first and foremost, I am a father, and 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 me personally, I base what I do biblically. And so, you know, Ephesians tells us, "Don't provoke your kids to anger." It says, "Bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord." And Colossians, Paul also writes to that church there, and he says the same thing: "Don't provoke your children to anger." lest they become discouraged. And so the reality of it is, is it's not about, you know, on the behavior side and the discipline side, it's not about making a point to where your children are angry and tore up. It's about raising them up in discipline and order and making sure that they understand kind of what the code of the house is and the code of the community and the code of what you believe. It's not about discouraging. It's not about you know, breaking their spirit or breaking their will. It's about, you know, setting boundaries so that they don't do something far more stupid when they're older. Yes. And they do need boundaries. (laughs) Now, something I've seen, men are more competitive (laughs) than women, typically. Now that's a blanket statement, but men have a tendency to be more competitive. They push their kids harder. It doesn't matter if we're talking about the sports field, if we're talking about uh, in school, whatever it is that we're talking about, men tend to push. Women tend to guide with love where your father wants to be proud of you. He wants you to excel. 
so that he can tell you how proud he is of you. So have you seen that in the families that you've come in contact with over the years where the father is the um, more competitive one? I have, I have, but I've also seen, seen a balance as well. Maybe it's the people we surround ourselves with because we're both very competitive people. <laughs> um, I guess it, I think another word for it, the less athletic you get as you get older, I think the word becomes uh, less of com- competition and more of stubbornness <laughs> because you can't do as much as you once did, but you're still stubborn enough to think you can. Uh, but, you know, as far as the competitiveness, you know, it's really one of those things where you look around and there is a bad competitive edge that parents have. You know, I, we see a lot of parents today that are signing folks up for pitching lessons and now we're, we're doing the baseball and softball thing. And, and so my son's in the five, six-year-old league. And there are parents that have their sons set up for batting practice with a batting coach at five years old. And I'm like, y'all, come on. That, it's there's the better. window, Sarah. <laughs> that's where we went wrong with baseball. And so I was like, this is insanity. And so, you know, they've got pitching coaches and eight U softball. And I'm just like, what? They, they don't even pitch in eight U. And so, you know, just some of this is just the nature of, of our society that people are so competitive. But I think you do see fathers getting more, more competitive than mothers for the most part. But I think really the thing that, that we've got to do as parents, both mothers and fathers, is no matter how competitive we are, and, and my wife and I have really struggled with this. this. It's been a long baseball season because my son's team stunk. And, I mean, it was bad news bears, like 20 to 2 almost every game. That's how bad oh, they yeah, got. Yeah, that's beat. tough. So that is tough. We, we'd have to lick our chops and be like, son, you did a good job. And it was like, you didn't really do a great job, but we love you anyways. You're five. Um, and so, you know, some of that competitiveness, we, we've got to – harness it to where they know that, you know, hey, I want to be the best. I want to do the best. But the reality of it is, is they're not going to be the best at everything. They're kids and we're humans and we're not going to be. But I, I think it's pushing our kids in a way to say, hey, you know, it's okay to be competitive, but it's not okay to be cutthroat. Right. right. Very right. true. So as we wrap up and kind of think about looking to the future, how would you say the involvement of fathers affects children as they grow up and begin to establish their own families? Oh, you don't want to think about that yet, do you? No, but I mean, it's, you're, you're closer than I am. Hey, hey, we're not having that conversation. Dustin, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm still in the early stage of, the, of this, but, you know, work, working, um, in extension and, and being a pastor as well. You know, I, I've seen people at every stage of life. And the reality of it is, is we've got a window of time with our children to impart to them what, what we know, what we believe, who we are, and give them the best tools we know how to, to succeed. And the reality of it is, is, you know, there was this whole mentality of when you're 18, fly the coop and, and you're an adult. But the reality of it is our kids are not adults at 18. We know that, that they're still developing at, at 25. Tennille's is still living at home. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Tennille, I, I was not one of those. I was ready to get out. I, said, I was too. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I said, where is the luggage? I will, I will drive out of here. I don't care if I've got to go on two feet. I was gone. Yeah. Uh, but the reality of it is, is, you know, when we think about it, we've just got to do our best to give them the tools. And then as, as they start approaching into that early adulthood, it's, it's kind of one of those, I hope I can do better than my dad did at it. Cause dad didn't want to let go. Um, and we butted heads a lot 
but the reality of it is, is at some point we got to realize that we've raised them up and we've got to release them, you know, uh, again, not to uh, over, over biblical. Uh, made me cry, Sarah's <laughs> tearing up when you said <laughs> let them go. She <laughs> lost it. <laughs> not, not to uh, not to be over biblical on you today, but I mean, when we're talking about fatherhood, it's just beyond being a program leader. But, you know, Psalm 127 tells us that our children are a heritage and they're like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Well, an arrow is not meant to stay in the quiver. An arrow is meant to be launched into the battlefield. And so the reality of it is, is we've got to take the arrows and we have to launch them. And that's a real hard thing to do because we're talking about everything we've invested our life in. But, you know, we also know in Proverbs 22, we train them up in the way they should go and they'll never depart from it. So the reality of it is, is we have to have to give our kids everything we know to give them. And we've got a limited window to do it. And then we've got to hope. And then for those of us that, that believe um, and, and have faith, um, you've got to say, hey, listen, I'm going to pray that it sticks because there's going to be days where it don't look like it sticks. Because I know my mama prayed a lot of prayers that didn't look like they were coming to fruition for for several years. Sometimes maybe it takes a while before yeah. you see. But yeah. that that's amazing, uh, you know, just discussion because dads do matter. We talk a lot about mothers and their roles, but you've got to have a dad. There was yeah. a dad in the beginning and there needs to be a dad involved the whole way. Cause we've talked about the benefits and right. And I think for those kids that we may know in our lives that don't have an involved dad, then we need to, we need to step up and see what we can do to help them out. Statistics oh, yeah. say one in four, Yeah, one in yep. four. So we yep. want to uh, fill in the gap. That's for it. some of the exactly. kids that, that don't have an involved dad. Justin, thanks so much for this conversation. Again, you're our podcast inspiration. We thank you for that. And we just want to wish you a happy Father's Day. Hey, thanks. I, I appreciate it. I hope that I can fire up the grill and take a quick nap on my recliner. But who knows? I've got three kids under 10. It ain't going to happen. Well, that's a, that's a pretty small wish list. Yeah, so hopefully that, that would be a great that. gift. That would be a great gift. And happy Father's Day to all of our listeners. Absolutely. Yes. And in the words of Bob Marley, live the life you love. And love the life you live. Take care, everybody.